Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 273. And I'm going to call it, what's the point of storage space? Um, This is one of those issues that I think a lot of the people like me, we struggle with this because the whole house used to be storage space. Or maybe you're in a state right now where the whole, your whole house is storage space. You've just got storage everywhere. And the problem is that At one point for me, I thought more storage would be the answer to all of my problems. A bigger house, better closets, um, more shelves, all that kind of stuff. That's what I assumed was my problem is I just didn't have enough of that, even though I had more of that than anybody I knew in my life. But anyway, I mean, not the size of my house, but you know what I mean? But then it has backfired. It's like, okay, but when I get more storage, it doesn't seem to help. And so then you start to think, okay, maybe storage is bad. And so I need to avoid storage or, you know, if I'm going to deal with the things that are stored, then if I'm going to do this right, it means I'm going to get rid of everything, but I know there's stuff in there I'm actually going to need. And so I can't get rid of everything. And so I can't even start because even the thought of it is paralyzing. So anyway, it's just kind of one of those things that can make our brains go and, you know, spiral out of control. So Anyway, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, I'm answering some questions that were given to me by those in my Patreon group. I know I've been pushing that hard, but hey, I love it so much. Anyway, um, but you guys all get the benefit. I'm not answering them there. I'm just, they get to ask the questions and I'm doing that. So kind of like when I did this a couple months ago, um, I got questions from them and it's like, there were multiple questions on the same subject. So I've put those together. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So I'm going to talk in general about just principles of storage and how to think of it. Um, and then I'm going to go and answer their questions and kind of use what I have already talked about to apply to their unique situation. Hope that's helpful. Anyway, if you want to know more about being a patron of the show, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Just a reminder, I think I told you guys last week that um, I have set it up now to where you can actually do, um, you can pay by the year now. So it's like $5 a month or you could do a $60 a year. Just be aware because sometimes when I do like a year long thing, then it just takes me by surprise the next year when all of a sudden I'm like, what? It's a bigger payment, you know, than the $5 a month. But for a lot of people that's helpful, but just be aware that those do auto renew and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, Also just a little plug for if you're doing any Christmas shopping on Amazon, is it possible to live without doing any Christmas shopping on Amazon? I don't know. But anyway, if you happen to do any, if you just get to Amazon by going to amazon.com slash shop slash a slob comes clean, all one word, then I get a little teeny tiny percentage of what you spend on Amazon and it does not affect your price at all. And that's another way that we keep this blog going. Okay, so let's talk about storage space. You know, defining the room is one of my decluttering strategies that has really impacted me. And when I say that, I am not talking about being a designer. <laughs> I'm not saying like, okay, I'm going to define this room. I And it's some, some project that I do ahead of time. No, it's really, honestly, 
I use this defining the room like, okay, this is my game room. Yes, technically, it has some office stuff in here. Technically, guests stay in here, blah, blah, blah. But this is my game room. It's not so much about thinking ahead of time what a game room is going to mean to me. Instead, it's going, that's the purpose of this room, and then starting on the decluttering. And then as I start to get a little bit distracted, reminding myself, no, 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 this is a game room. This is a game room. So when I look at something and I think, I go, does it go in the game room? You know, I mean, I'm asking all my normal decluttering questions, but, but like that is an overall thing that I just have to keep reminding myself again. So like in a bedroom, defining a room as a bedroom is not this lofty thing. It's me saying, this is a bedroom. This is its purpose. As I work in this room, I have to remember that the being a bedroom is the purpose of this room. Okay. Because for those of us who at one point didn't understand that we really couldn't keep all of our stuff just because we wanted to keep it because we didn't understand the container concept and that there are limits in reality. Um, Those of us who didn't understand that we would, you know, just keep bringing it in and bringing it in. And all of a sudden the corner of the bedroom turns into storage and that, you know, section of the living room turns into storage and just blah, blah. And it's like, no, 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 wait, wait, this is not. So If you have a storage space, remember that the purpose of that space, whether it's a cabinet, closet, uh, a shelf in the garage, an entire storage unit or a storage um, building or, you know, whatever it is that you have, or maybe a covered porch where it's mostly out of the weather. I don't know. But that purpose of that space is storage. Okay. Now, if you hear me say something like a part of the covered porch and you go, oh, no, that shouldn't be. And so how I'm we're dealing in reality here. Okay, so yes, the goal will be for you to eventually maybe rethink that. But if your brain cannot get past the point of that's where I store stuff. Okay, go with that and make that storage space fulfill its function the way that we're talking about here, which may really shift things in your home to where eventually you go, wait a minute, I don't want that to be my storage space. Okay, so I saw, you know, I I see I see things all the time. And I saw something at one point um, that said like, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but it's like, hey, remember that if you're doing this, you're not actually organizing. Don't call that organizing. And I was like, you know what, if you want to call it organizing, call it organizing. Like if it helps you function more in your home, go for it. I am not here to say, oh, nobody should have boxes of storage on their porch. Because, you know, now visibility rule, it's better to have it on the back porch from the front porch. But anyway, okay, let's go on. Um, basically, we just want to deal with whatever it is that you are actually living in your home. Like what's your actual reality? That is all that matters. So if there's a space devoted to storage, that is its purpose. So just like the living room needs to be lived in, the bathroom needs to be <clears throat> bathed in. What do you think I was going to say? Anyway, storage room needs to be stored in. Okay, so that's its purpose, which often can kind of make you get a bunch of stuff out there. Now, it's a little bit harder in storage spaces because in a bedroom, you can go, oh, well, obviously that doesn't need to be in the bedroom. But don't just assume that your storage spaces only have stuff that need to be stored in there. 
the one of the biggest problems with a storage space is that it can turn into a stick space, like you just stick things in there. And that can be a big problem. Okay, which we're going to talk about. Let's talk about one of this episode's sponsors, BetterHelp. When we start talking about opening up boxes of stuff that you've had stored for years, that can mean dealing with some emotions that maybe we haven't dealt with in years. I can help you declutter, but if you know that there's more to it than that for you, consider getting some help with your mental health. Check out BetterHelp. It allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor from home in a safe and private online environment. This means you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp has U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear, this is not a crisis line. Your struggles may be different from the ones that your neighbors are facing. Through BetterHelp, you have access to a broad expertise in the network so you can address your unique needs. You're not limited to what's available in your local area, and the service is available for clients worldwide. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash clean. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash clean. All right, so three key things for a storage space. Accessibility usability, and maintainability. Okay, so all right, well, we're done. I'm just kidding. Of course, I'm going to talk about all those things. Anyway, <laughs> but but really, though, let's talk about, you know, is this something you can actually get to? Because that's going to determine what goes in there. All right. Um, for us, we store our Christmas decorations in the attic. We, I'm thinking of this because we just got them down about a week ago. And there's part of me that gets a little bit jealous of like my best friend who has this storage closet underneath her stairs. And that's where all her Christmas stuff is. And I'm like, if that was the case, then it would be so much easier to get that stuff out and blah, blah. But in reality, this is my house. This is what I have. That's the space that I have. And that stuff is accessible because it is an event to bring that stuff down. Okay. What I don't use my attic for are, are things that I know I'm going to need, but I don't know when I'm going to need it. Like, here's what I picture, and you guys can tell me I'm wrong. But like, I picture New England having an attic where you can actually stand up in it. And like, it's its own door, and you go into it, or it has special stairs. No, ours is like, you pull, there. there's this square thing in the ceiling. We've got one um, in the hallway next to the master bedroom and the kitchen. And then we have one that's in the garage. And so there's these two different things and it's got this cord hanging down and you pull on it and it makes this very distinct squeak. Okay. And then it has a ladder that's like folded up onto that door and you like don't don't that ladder down and then it's sturdy, but it doesn't look sturdy anyway. And then you climb up into the attic and the attic you know, one of the reasons we can do Christmas stuff up there is because at Christmas time, you can actually go in the attic in the summer in Texas, it is like, 
it's horrible up there. The heat is unbelievable in the attic in the summer. So you can't put anything up there that could melt or anything like that. Um, but, you know, and then there are boards across a few places in the attic that are right, just right inside um, that, that little thing when you, you know, go up on this ladder and have to pull things down. But you can't just walk around in the attic. Um, first of all, it's not tall enough in most places. And second of all, there's just insulation. And so there are certain places where there are boards on top of that insulation to give you a little bit of storage. But it is not this, like, being dusty is not the issue with the attic. Okay, so but it's accessible for what we store up there. But that access, that level of accessibility is a big part of what determines what can be stored up there, which is helpful to me because I know it's not just every random thing. Oh, go put it in the attic because it is a huge pain to go up there. And I, I have been up there maybe twice in 15 years, but I, y'all please don't be offended when I say this. It's really just one of those things that I choose, like, I'm like, if, if my husband is willing to believe that that's the man's job to go up there, of course I could do it, y'all. But if he's willing to believe it's the man's job to go up there, then I am not going to argue with that. <laughs> kind of like if he's willing to believe that it's his job to take out the trash, um, which he is amazing at, and I'm so thankful for. Um, yeah, I'm never going to argue with that. Like, why, why would I argue that? Anyway, so he goes up there, he gets the stuff down, and it is kind of hard to get things down out of the attic. Not that I couldn't do it, but you know what I mean. But it might determine how heavy things can be, you know, how big things can be. Our Christmas tree box, we had a new Christmas tree at Costco last year, which I love. Um, But it is right at the edge of being too big for our house because it's too big to fit in the attic. Okay. And that, so we're probably going to buy one of those um, Christmas tree bags. I don't know. I shouldn't say probably, should I? Because when I say there's something I'm going to do, I, I try to avoid that. Okay. I'll just admit it. I bought those pillow covers that I think I said last time that we were going to sit down as a family and decorate them. Um, it didn't happen. Now, it still might happen. And I hope it does. There's also a chance that somebody is going to be thrilled at the thrift store to find brand new pillow covers and a pillow. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's why when I said it, I went, I'm really going to do that. And then I thought, Dana, you know, better, you know, better you, I always try to tell you guys things after I did it, not in my plans, because I've got big plans all the time. Anyway, but yeah, so so it's accessibility. Can I get to it? Usability. All right. Is it actually making it possible for me to use this stuff? And this is something we're going to talk about quite a bit going on. But it's one thing to be able to get to your storage space, but how much stuff in it is in it often determines how usable that space actually is. Okay. Is, you know, are you storing things in there that you need to be able to get quickly? If you're storing things in there that you need to be able to get to quickly, do you have 15 other things in front of them that mean you can't get to it quickly? Okay. Are you able to get in there and use it? All right. Maintainability. Here's another one. Guys, like maintainability. Can you maintain this space? I know it's a storage space, but a storage space does not mean a pile. So I've told you all this before, but it's what I do. I repeat myself. And my point of repeating myself is to help you 
to really let it sink in. I, I mean, I plan out. I'm like, okay, well, I said that six months ago. So it's time to say, I'm just kidding. I just randomly say stuff. But really though, I mean, like I went to a, I think it was at, it's wherever Gilmore Girls was filmed. So it's in, I think it's Warner Brothers Studios in California. Um, I went there with Swiffer one year because they would like show us all the new products and stuff. And then they'd take us on fun things. So one year we went to LA and um, was at that. And part of what they did on the studio tour was take you to the store, the prop storage. And of course it was amazing. And of course it was really fun and they're doing television. And so, I mean, I'm telling you there was all, I mean, I guess they do movies there too, but anyway, all sorts of props stored and everything. But what was amazing to me was just how unbelievably usable and maintainable it was. Meaning things were, there were no piles. Okay. There were no doors that you opened and everything fell out. That was not it. They were storing things. Yes. But it was, it was basically like this maze. And yes, there were people who took care of making sure that there was a map of where every single thing was all the time. Yes, all of that. But even without that, I mean, obviously, we're not going to have the hundred and something thousand square feet storage space that they had. But you could get to everything. Like there was nothing that was going to come a tumbling down. If you reached for something, there was nothing to, you know, so it was like, you walked in, and there were rows and, you know, shelves. Yes, there were shelves, but you could get to and around every single shelf and get to whatever you needed to. You could see it, um, all that. So it meant that you could take something off without causing a disaster. And then when you came back, there was an actual space there to put it in. Do you know what I mean? So, so maintainability is key. So let's talk about what really, really matters here. So accessibility, usability, and maintainability. And then the two key words that determine everything are for you. For you. Okay. Is it accessible, usable, and maintainable for you? Remember again, my mother is my example of the person with a very different clutter threshold than me. And a lot of what that means is that when she needs something, she is fully capable and she can depend on herself to move six things to get to it. First of all, to know it was there, move six things to get to it and then put those six things back after she gets it and then move those six things out of the way and then put it back after she's done using it and then put those six things back in front. of. I mean, like, So all of this is for you and how it actually plays out in your house. So we can't talk about this without talking about your personal clutter threshold. Remember, your clutter threshold is the point at which you have more stuff in your home than you can personally keep under control. Each room has its own clutter threshold. Your storage space is not a space where you throw out the clutter threshold idea. It applies in there too. So yes, this is a storage space, which means it's not a decorated live in, you know, need to sit down and have a meal in here. That's not what we're talking about. It's a storage space. But how do you keep it under control as a storage space? Like how much stuff can you personally store and have it stay under control? See what I'm saying? Other definition is clutter 
is whatever consistently gets out of control in your home. All right. So anything that consistently gets out of control, you've got too much of it. That applies to storage units, storage spaces. If you have a storage space and every single time you get something out of it, it spills out into the hallway or the countertop and it stays that way until you have a big cleaning day or a decluttering day or whatever, then there's clutter in there. There's stuff that you can't handle. You It consistently gets out of control in your home and this is different for everybody. So if you get something out, does it automatically become a disaster zone? Do you avoid using things you would otherwise use because getting them out of this storage space is overwhelming to you? Okay, then it's not serving its purpose. It's not being a good storage space if you avoid it because it overwhelms you to think about how hard and how much work it's going to be. And do you trust yourself to actually keep it under control as you get stuff out? Is it a disaster right now? Okay. I mean, those other questions were according to if you actually had it neatly all put in the place and does, you know, does it turn into a disaster zone or does it just stay a disaster zone? If so, it's over your clutter threshold. If you think your kids are picky, you haven't met the parents of Ritual. So here's what I personally really like about today's sponsor, Ritual. I've talked about using it for myself how I love that I can see where all the ingredients came from right on their website, and how Ritual vitamins are easier for me to swallow than other vitamins. But here's more. Ritual is for picky eaters by pickier parents. Ritual knows how difficult it can be to get your kids the nutrients they need. That's why they made Essential for Kids to help fill gaps in the diets of ages 4 to 12 without making a single compromise to quality or taste. Not only do they have a natural citrus berry flavor, but they're also convenient by design. Each gummy features a three-in-one design that combines a daily multi, vegan omega-3 DHA, and a good source of fiber per serving. When it comes to what goes into our kids' bodies, they've got being picky down to a science. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit Ritual dot com slash clean to start ritual or add essential for kids today. Again, visit ritual.com slash clean to start ritual or add essential for kids today. But let's talk about practical. So what are some practical ways that you can say and again, you do what you want to do, whatever works for you in your home. I'm fine with, okay, but but people like practical stuff and I like practical stuff. So here are some practical things for you to aspire to and work toward, okay? One layer of stuff from each standing position within the space. Obviously, if it's a cabinet, it's not a standing position, but you know what I mean. Looking in, is there one layer of stuff? Ouch, right? I don't know that anybody listening to this podcast has one layer of stuff. <laughs> But it's going back to that ideal storage space that was super duper functional as a storage space of the prop storage at Warner Brothers. Okay, it's the same concept of it was not, I have to remove this layer that's in the front of this shelf to be able to see if I can maybe see the thing I'm looking for back there. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster for anybody. It's not functional that way. So If you are going toward making this an actual usable storage space, make that your goal. 
you're not going to get there right away. And maybe you're going to get to a point where you go, okay, I didn't actually get to the point where there was only one layer of stuff that I could easily see and get to from standing position, you know, in that space. But because I worked toward it, I ended up finding the amount of stuff that I could personally handle. Okay, so so having that as a as a goal. Stuff that's stored, I believe, once you open up that storage space, whether it's your attic, your um, drawer, your closet, whatever, the stuff in there needs to be visible to you. Okay, when you open up that space or you're in that space, you need to be able to see it, whether that means it's in a labeled container, which there are people who love organized people love labeled containers. I'm not the greatest at it. Okay, it does help me. But you know, if that works for you, then that's, you know, a labeled container that you can see not a container behind a container behind a container, but instead a container. So some of you are going, but I have more than that. I go, but Okay, but here, here's the thing. We are talking about decluttering it down to this point because you're listening to this because you're overwhelmed by your storage space or you just want to hear what it's like for other people to be overwhelmed by their storage spaces, but whatever. So anyway, you're looking at this space in your home and it's overwhelming and you say, well, I've got so many, so many containers. Well, that's the point of us decluttering is to get rid of a lot of those so that you can get to the point where every container that is there that's clearly labeled, you can see it. You don't have to dig through. Or maybe clear containers. A lot of people clear containers work for them. Um, It's not an automatic solution. For me, if I have a clear container, it needs to be a container where everything in that container is the same thing. Okay, so it's either winter coats, or it's, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm making things up right now. But but for me, I used to think a clear container was on its own a solution. But in reality, whatever I see through that clear container, I still can't see everything in it. So I need to know that if I see ribbon in that clear container, I know that's a container full of ribbon, or perhaps if I can handle it and actually let it register, that's a container full of wrapping stuff or whatever, or sewing stuff or whatever it is that I need the ribbon for. Okay. So it can't just be a jumble of random things in the container. It needs to be with a purpose or like what helps for me is that I personally have to declutter down to the point and I say have to, not that I've done this perfectly, but I'm saying declutter down to the point where I can see everything. Okay, like it's not in containers, it has its own space on the shelf. Like that's where I have gone with my closet is my goal is that when I you know, it's not perfect. And no, it's not amazing. And no, it's not beautiful. But if I stand in the door, I can see everything. Now, one of those things is that suitcase where I store my out of season clothing. And so I see that suitcase and I know that's out of season clothing. Okay. But I don't just have boxes and boxes and boxes in there full of random things. Because I can't handle that. That's why, because I can't handle it. Make it the goal to declutter down to where you don't have to move this to get to that. We've been talking about that. Um, And remember too, that it is a process, okay? Um, All of these things we talk about and we go, okay, storage and get it to this point, blah, blah. How do I do that? Well, you use the exact same decluttering strategy that I teach in my book, Decluttering at the Speed of Life, slabcomesclean.com slash book available wherever books are sold. Um, anyway, but that is that right there, that same process is the same process you use, because it gets you moving and it helps you make progress and only progress and not a bigger mess. You're not pulling everything out. So how do you do that? Well, 
let's say it's an entire space that is just completely overwhelming. You look for the trash and you start pulling out the trash. Okay. And you have your black trash bag and anything you see that's trash. And remember, this is a huge overwhelming space. There's trash in it. Okay. Start throwing away trash or at least looking for the trash and throwing away anything that might be trash. Get rid of that and then look for what's easy. What in this space actually belongs somewhere else, but either I or someone else in my family in a random strange moment, I don't know why, stuck it in here for some reason. But we've actually wondered where that thing was because anyway, but because it has a home up in the master bedroom or the kitchen or whatever, take it there right now. Okay, move through those decluttering steps. The next one being the decluttering questions, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> that's my next note. So we're going to talk about that now. Um, so yes, ask yourself the decluttering questions. So anyway, my point is that process works because then you get to the point where you've removed all this obviously doesn't need to be in here stuff because you've worked through decluttering questions. You've worked through getting rid of trash. You've gotten all the easy stuff out of there. And then you are at a point where you start consolidating and you put things like things together. Okay. Now you're shifting and you're moving, but you're still not pulling it out of the space, but you've freed up a little bit of room by getting the trash and the easy stuff and asking yourself the decluttering questions and getting rid of a bunch of stuff. Okay. So you have space in there now to move your ribbons into one spot. Okay. And then you do the containerizing and all that. But anyway, ask yourself the decluttering questions and answer honestly. Okay. Here, here's the thing. Here's what's so hard about storage spaces is it's very easy to ask, where would I look for this first? And it's some random old thing. And you go, uh, here, I will look for it here. Okay. But ask yourself where in here, you know, would I look for it on this shelf, that shelf or this shelf? Um, and, and, go ahead. And if you're going here, but I know I probably don't need it. Then ask yourself that second question. If it, if I needed this, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? Would it ever occur to me to look in here for this? Because that's, that's where you can really get into a lot of trouble in a storage space is that it feels like, oh, well, anything and everything could be in here. But go ahead and ask that second question. If you weren't able to just have a, oh, well, yes, of course I would look that, look for this in here. If it was more like, well, here, duh, Dana, that lady. No, go to the second one. Okay. I don't mean to give you guys. I know I have voices for people who think they're better than us, but I don't want that to be my voice for us. Oh, Dana. That's a better one. Okay. Anyway, um, some of y'all have no idea what I'm doing here. Um, okay, here we go. Here's some of the specific questions that people have asked, and maybe this will bring up that change everything answer that I was going to have for you guys that I forgot. Okay, how do you handle a large storage space that when it's full or even partially full is way over your clutter threshold? Or how do you decide what to keep because you have the room but don't really need it? We've kind of just talked about that. But I do want to point out, and my kindred spirits, my patrons, they know I get a little bit snarky on these and they're all fine with it, right? Are you guys all fine with it? It's never anything personal. But I just want to point out that this question, I'm saying this so nicely. Don't expect it to last. Um, This question contradicts itself. Okay, so here we go. Really, we need to ask the first one first, which is how do you decide what to keep because you have the room but don't really need it? And then 
how do you handle a large storage space that when it's full or even partially full is way over your clutter threshold? Okay. I don't have, do I need this as a decluttering question? Because do I need this is too ambiguous. Okay. I could come up with reasons why I need it, but that doesn't mean that if I don't actually need it, I can't get rid of it. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to keep it just because I have the space for it. That's why in the decluttering steps, which I didn't mention this earlier, I don't know why I forgot, but like the third step is duh clutter. Okay. It's the duh, like, why do I have this? Of course I don't need this. Give your, I, I, I put that step in there because of this. Like there is stuff that you just don't need and you don't need to waste the time asking the questions about it. You don't need to analyze. You don't need to figure out if you have the container for it. Go ahead and go through those steps and make sure that you do the dust step. Okay. It's just be ruthless because the other thing too, is the more you do this, the more you're going to realize, oh, this space is so much more functional as a storage space than it ever was before. And so I like it. And it's going to make you more and more ruthless. And it's going to make you identify a whole lot more things that you go, of course, I don't need that. Of course, I don't need that. Of course, I don't need that. Okay. But the clutter threshold, you know, I mean, you've basically answered your own question is what I'm saying here. Okay. Is when the storage space is full, or even partially full, it's over your clutter threshold. Well, then it's, it's not a functional storage space. So I'm saying like, if it's over your clutter threshold, and here's something else I want to say is, even if technically, physically, you can deal with this storage space and get to the things, if it causes you mental and stress, anxiety, makes you think, do I really need all that stuff in there? Then you don't. Okay. It's not worth that mental stress either. So go ahead and start getting that stuff out of there. I don't know if I answered that question or not. Anyway, what we're talking about here in these storage spaces that's unique is you have the container concept, what fits. Okay. But you also equally have to consider your clutter threshold and you equally have to consider the definition of clutter is what get consistently gets out of control in your home. Okay. So those three things all have to go very much together is so that we have that usability, accessibility, maintainability that we need for these storage spaces. Okay. Here's another question. My problem is the basement, which is completely storage. It's an old house, so it is too small to be converted into livable space. And she says the ceiling height is too short, is what she means. So it literally cannot be um, living space. I don't know what to do with things, so they end up in the basement. It's the same footprint as four rooms of my house. So meaning it's a really big storage space but it can't actually be converted, you know, because one of the things we've talked about before is if you have this storage room and you wish you had a playroom, well, that gives you a lot of incentive and focus and reason to clear out that storage space and make a, you know, playroom. But this is space that really can only be used for storage. And so that, that presents an extra challenge. And here's another time too, where I'm just going to mention that in my mind, if I had a basement, all my problems would be solved. You know, I I mean, like, don't we all have that? (laughs) We have that. Well, if I had this, then, you know, if I had my best friend's storage closet under the stairs, my problems would be solved. And that's never true. Like I am the the poster child for that never being true. <laughs> you know, like I have way too many examples of all the things that were going to change everything for you. It might be, 
if I only worked from home, or if I only didn't have a job, then my house would be clean. And then all of a sudden quarantine happened. And you were either working from home, or you didn't have a job. And you're like, Oh, yeah, that wasn't the problem. You know, I mean, like, that's just reality is that so what I'm saying is, to you who struggles with this, because you have this unique, what feels like it should be an opportunity, and instead it's turned into an actual challenge for you, I get it. Okay, so I just want to make sure you understand that I get it. I get what a challenge this is. And also, I think there's extra challenge because my guess is maybe when you moved into the house, you thought, look at all that storage, which is what I would think too. Okay. Um, But it's the same principles. So getting rid of the stuff is the same principles. But here's the key on this. It sounds to me like this space is one humongous and overwhelming procrastination station. Okay. It sounds like maybe it's a giant keep box. And I am anti keep box, not keepsake box. Keepsake boxes are great. But keep boxes, as far as, you know, what most people who tell you how to declutter are going to tell you is they're going to say, okay, we'll have a box for stuff you're going to keep as you pull it out of this thing. I don't do that because that's too ambiguous. It doesn't have a home. If it goes in my keep box, it lets me go, do I want this? Well, of course I want it. And so I keep it and I stick it in the keep box and then it stays in the keep box forever. Well, this entire space, because the only thing it can do is store things, is a huge keep box, which then makes the whole decluttering process really, really difficult. Okay. So, you know, most likely because that is a huge keep box and it feels like it's an actual answer to the question of where would I look for this first, things have been going in there. But in reality, it's just a keep box. So, so the main thing would be, and and I know this is hard, but don't make it an option. Try to not make it an option to put things in there. All right. Now it's going to be its own decluttering project as well, but don't let the basement be an answer to uh, you know, in this situation, okay, where this is a unique situation, or if you have something that's similar to this, don't let that be the answer to where would I look for this first. The things that will go there are the things that I store for the purpose of them being stored for a purpose. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Anyway, but um, but you know, so eliminate that option because acknowledge it is a giant keep box. And also, as you have to deal with it, the getting down there and dealing with things will help to change. It's kind of like, you know, I broke my shopping addiction, my garage sale shopping addiction by decluttering, like getting stuff out made me go, this is a lot of hassle. And if I had never brought this into my house, I wouldn't be dealing with this hassle and this sweat and this emotional energy that I was pouring out on, you know, I wouldn't have to deal with any of this if the stuff wasn't in my house. So then when I went to garage sales, it looked different to me. As you declutter that space, if you can't stand up in it, it is not going to be fun. It is going to be real unfun to get down there and declutter that space. Doing that is going to start to change how your temptation to say, where do I look for this first? Oh, the basement. Oh, the basement. Okay. Because you're going to be down there and you go, you know what? I don't want to look for stuff in the basement. That is not what I want to use this space for. And then also, and this is kind of a question that I've gotten a lot in this general area is 
it is okay if there is a space like that that can't serve a real purpose, can't serve anything other than being storage, it's okay for it to have empty parts of it. I know it's hard for people like me to acknowledge that, especially if the top part of your house is, you know, cluttered. It's hard to say that it's okay for parts of that to be empty. But in reality, it's for storage. And the storage that you put it down there is going to be more accessible, more maintainable, if there is a smaller amount of it, and it's only for a very specific actual purpose, okay, like Christmas stuff, or stuff you're keeping for kids as they, you know, grow out of something, and then the next kid gets it that are your own kids, not just grandkids and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then as you clear out that space and go, it's fine for there to just be empty space. I I don't know your unique situation. I didn't actually look on who was asking each question. But you know, if you have kids or if you're going to have grandkids someday or whatever, it's entirely possible that um, they're going to love that space. <laughs> you know, I used to spend, I, I mean, I think I would spend in my mind, it was 12 hours a day in my grandparents' basement, you know, that was unfinished. It was mostly for storage. Of course, it was very, very neat. They were very extremely neat people. I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. But anyway, um, but you know, like I loved it down there and I would find my little hidey hole and stuff. And so, so, you know, it being cleared out, I don't know, it might not be safe, blah, blah. I don't know your unique situation. I'm just saying that if it's cleared out, if there is a possible purpose, that purpose might reveal itself to you. But as long as it's a scary junk pile that you're scared to use to let anything else happen in there, then that's not going to reveal itself to you. Does it make sense? Okay. Now, here's just a random little thing, but my niece, super neat. Um, she and her husband are, their house is always great. Anyway, but like they have this space beneath their stairs that I guess could be storage, but it's their little dog area. Like they have this, this little teeny tiny door and their dog crates are in there and that's their dog's little special area. And they, I think they leave the door open at night. But I mean, like that's, that's just their, where their dogs go at night. Um, another question. I would love to know more about tackling a huge dump zone. We don't use our garage for the car. It's supposed to be an art and sewing studio. Plus the laundry room is in there and the tool area and the pantry. It's basically a giant room with lots of zones, but every time a bit of get a bit of progress, things start piling again. I think the size of the space is the issue. And my understanding is I think it's the largeness of the size of the space. Okay. All the same things apply here. Okay, all the things that we've been talking about. But the one thing I would say for this that's unique is keywords here. It's supposed to be an art and sewing studio. That's a little clue without any follow up questions that maybe it's not actually being used for that right now. Okay, so my first advice would be to start using it for an art and sewing studio. Okay, so the part that you imagined was going to be used for that, get that part, work on that part first, and then start using it for a sewing studio and say, well, Dana, that lady on the podcast, you know, she said that I had to, I'm sorry, I just I have to. So but the reality of that is that it's going to be a reality check for you. Is this space actually going to work for that? Or is that just a dream that you have? Because, you know, 
it's kind of like I look at people who have these beautiful offices in their homes and I think, oh, wouldn't I love to write in that office? And then I go, "Mm, I'd probably still write at my kitchen table. I mean, like it just wherever, if you haven't sewn, been doing your sewing there yet, then you've been doing it somewhere else or you haven't been doing it. You know, I I might have a person in my family who has gotten a little bit better about it, but at one point he used to save up tons of money. And I do mean a lot of money for the age that this child was and buy something that he was sure he was going to be into. I mean, we're talking like a $250 drum set. He doesn't listen to this podcast. I don't tell him I said it, but anyway, but like a $250, which if y'all actually know drums, you know, that's not that expensive, but when you're eight, it's a lot of money. Okay. Buys this, and turns out he didn't like drums, but he was sure he was going to like drums. Okay. And I, you probably do know that you like art and sewing, but what I'm saying is go ahead and use it for that because it's going to either make you go, oh yeah, actually, I don't want to do that in here. Or the best option is that it's going to make you go, oh, I love having this space for sewing. This is amazing. And that space if you continue to work on it and continue to work on it is going to be what you always envisioned, which is then going to make you treasure it more, which is then going to help you figure out the rest of the spaces. And you go, okay, yes, my laundry machines, is that a line from the office? I have a laundry machine, um, washing machine. That's what it's called anyway. But my washing machine and my dryer, if you have a dryer that are in my sewing room. Okay. There's something mentally shifting about saying, this is my sewing room. Oh, and by the way, my washer and dryer are in there. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we keep the tools over in this spot of my sewing room. You know, I mean, like, but go ahead and choose the part of it that you want, like that either is already being used that way, or is the thing that is your big dream for that space and go ahead and start using it in that way. And it'll be a reality check because the other thing too, like different places are different. But, you know, like for me, my garage, I couldn't have that as a sewing room because five months out of the year, it would be too hot for me to be out there, you know, because I live in Texas. So it kind of reminds me of like when we bought this house, um, there was a closed in porch and I envisioned that as our playroom and we bought a little window unit to put out there. But the reality was there were lots of different realities and I've talked about them before, but one of the realities was my kids didn't want to be out there because it just was less comfortable to be out there than the rest of the house. And so they didn't just go out there and chill and relax. It just, it, that's just not what they did. So, you know, going ahead and using it instead of, because here's, and, and this is the reason why I say stuff like this is that is my tendency to try to figure it all out ahead of time, how things are going to be. When in reality, if I will go ahead and do things imperfectly, go ahead and make it my sewing area, even though it's not perfectly set up as a beautiful sewing area, I'm going to learn what it would take for it to be the sewing area that I want it to be, or oh yeah, actually I don't need it to be a sewing area or whatever. Okay. But, but going ahead and doing it before you have it all figured out, that's key. Okay. I had a couple more questions, but I will answer them on another one. I do want to make sure that, um, I haven't done it yet. I know I've gotten several emails like, when are you going to do that? I don't want to miss it. Um, I have a lot of crazy stuff going on right now, which is exciting. It's all good stuff, but oh my goodness. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. Anyway. Um, but I am going to do my 
live thing. And then I'll set it up as a, as a course that you can do later if you can't make it live, um, where I talk about my writing journey. Okay. This is, y'all can quit listening if you don't care about this stuff, but where I talk about my writing journey, if you want to make sure that you're on the email list about that, go to a slobcomesclean.com slash write and sign up for that email list. And that way, um, I'll make, my guess is that I'm going to do it probably the second week in December. I don't know. Anyway, not a how to be a writer, but my personal writing journey. And then you can take from that and apply it to your own situation. Or if you even just like, I'm like, I love listening to stuff like that. So, all right. Um, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.